NBA Australia, how are you going? How are you going? It's NBA Australia, it's Wednesday. Hump day, November 3rd. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, Rolling Stone, Triple J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in isolated Larry Armour Studios. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season. It's underway. It's here. It's rollicking so far. And remember, we're here repping Australia a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously around here. Leave that for the nerds. God, they love to take shit seriously, don't they? Anyway, we're blaming the ball now. I think we've hit that part of the season. Oh, my shot's not going in, man. It must be the ball. Yeah, you're right. Scotty Pippen's out here whinging. Classic. Scotty ain't no tipping. Uh, CP3's the point god. And the refs actually tried to fuck the Lakers today, which is pretty funny. And the Suns nearly blew a game to the hapless. Hapless, I tell you. Pelicans. So we've got five games to talk about in the NBA Australia game wraps as well as That's Not a Knife, Old Mate, No Mate, Spot of the Night, Better Than Alonzo Ball. We've got Yeah Nas, we've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day where we're going to rank all of the City Edition jerseys as promised yesterday and Outback Takehouse where we're serving up a flame grilled take. We had a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. Uh, we've got the Australian Player Watch and the game previews and picks for tomorrow and we might do a very brief Greenies Green Thumb with Josh Greeny Green. That's good. Love it. Right, this is episode 690. Nice. Of NBA Australia. Let's go. No worst All right, NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped. Who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world? Looking after your jewels. With Manscaped, what are you doing? The precision engineered tools for your jewels. I love it. Uh, they just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. That's right, the 4.0. Oh, geez. That's pretty good. That's what you'll say after you use the Manscaped. So join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Australia at manscaped.com. Uh, being one of the first few folks over this side of the world to try the new 4.0, I'll tell you what, loved it. Loved it. And not only that, if you get around the old lawnmower or just anything with Manscaped, you know who else will love it? Anyone who comes near your junk or any, when, anywhere where you're using the old lawnmower. Tell you what, it makes life a little bit easier for everybody, if you know what I'm talking about. Basically, to make shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom and look, the light, the ceramic blade to uh, reduce grooming accidents. No more nicks, bro. No more nicks. It's like hanging out in Brooklyn. No more nicks. Uh, with the advanced skin safe technology, look, that's what it's all about. You'll feel confident shaving your boys as well. You've got trim guards. You've got wireless charging. Look, it all ba- basically comes down to the simple idea. If you're shaving your face with the same thing you use to trim your nuts, that's gross. What are you doing? Get your own ball hair and body hair trim with Manscaped to make mood time the best time and don't end up with pubes in your mouth. That's just disgusting. So, enhance your confidence from nice, smooth boyos and get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYA. Your balls will thank you and so will everybody else who comes in contact with them. So, 20% off free shipping with the code STRAYA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. 
This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, uh, you better. Or at least the uh, attack of heartfelt uh, condolences and... Uh, Really nice words from Shaq and some of the TNT broadcast crew to uh, their compadre, Ernie Johnson, uh, whose son, unfortunately, sadly passed away. Obviously, we mentioned that uh, a couple of days ago. And on the TNT broadcast, obviously, Ernie wasn't there. So lovely, lovely words from all of uh, Chuck, Kenny and Shaq. So kind of nice. Go check that out. All right. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Street with the daily whip around. Boom. Uh... The City Editions, I've had a bit of a look. We're going to rank all of them. I'm pretty happy. I'm very... Look, some of them, I'm just like, holy shit, these are amazing. Some of them, it's like, I reckon I could do a better job. If not, why can't we get old mate Nick Tan over there in Perth out there designing all these amazing NBL jerseys with the Perth Bandits? Come on, let's get Nick involved. (laughs) What silly goddamn organization hasn't tapped him on the shoulder to uh, design their stuff? Anyway... Other news from today, Ben Simmons, there was another big story. They just keep coming. This one's very clearly from the Sixers side where they're like, ah, we're pissed. He just won't do anything and frustration is mounting. Or do. Basically, the crux of the story comes down to Ben Simmons after pleading mental health readiness, etc. as to why he wasn't playing with the Sixers, uh, hasn't accepted any team help with his off-court issues, uh, getting mentally ready to play. So he has been working with the team doctors to treat his back, uh, air quotes, ailments, but he's been unwilling to meet with the team doctors to discuss his mental readiness. Now, he has been working with mental health professionals from the National Basketball Players Association, so the Players Association people, since the summer, which is an interesting vibe because uh, on top of that, Simmons has yet to provide details of those meetings to the team. And, of course, he probably shouldn't have to. It's your mental health. It's between you and the doctor that you're chatting to. But, obviously, the fact that he's unwilling to sort of open up to the Sixers team, doctors, etc., and seeking help outside the team with the NBA PA, the team is obviously kind of like, uh, what to give... Uh, the team's got to be like, can you just give us some updates on where we're at, about your progress, about how you're comfortable... And uh, when you're feeling comfortable about doing so, that'd be nice. And it's still just a blank slate. So the cynical part of me wants to go, well, whoever he's teed up with the Players Association is very clearly someone who would have been given the nod by his agents and by Simmons. And so therefore, basically probably a personal doctor and has nothing to do with the Sixers, and the Sixers are obviously leaking this because they're pissed. The extra super cynical part of me is like, yeah, of course Simmons is going to talk to the team doctors because the team doctors are going to go, oh, well, all right, well, here's here's a plan. You should work towards this, and Simmons is like, nah, I don't want to do that. I just want to get paid, and uh, you guys can trade me. So here we go. Shit, shit story. I hate it, and I don't want to talk about it, but here we are. Ben Simmons. The Sixers, what a fucking mess that is. Chris Paul is now third all-time in the assists list, which is awesome, past Mark Jackson and Steve Nash today. Love it. And he really went hammering songs too. He really went past them, so that was kind of gnarly. And really sort of puts it in stark relief just how good and how long he's been this good, uh, the old Chris Paul. 
Anytime you're in top three all time in anything is fucking amazing. So good job, Chris. The other big sort of bits to come out today were the owners, the NBA, uh, the competition committee. They were pleased with the progress in the officiating of uh, the old bullshit jump into the bloke while you're shooting, a.k.a. the non-basketball move foul, which is not being called at the moment, they reckon, which has been great. And uh, they also reckon they've seen no evidence of increased physicality, which (laughs) is pretty funny if you ask me, because I think there has been a little bit more of an increased physicality, and it's made the uh, games way more entertaining and it's made the league way more unpredictable on a night-to-night basis because taking away cheap, dumb fuckery fouls actually means people are having to work for their points again. And you're seeing it with some of the best shooters, some of the best scorers really having a bit of a struggle to start off the season. And also, as mentioned at the top, they're blaming the ball. Oh, the Wilson's a bit fucky compared to this Spalding. And interestingly enough, it does go on to say that... uh, some of the players complain about from ball to ball. They differ, the Wilsons, whereas the Spaldings are very, very, very consistent. And I'll tell you what, you know, I've played my fair share of hoops over the years. And yeah, it's a bit fucking weird when you have one ball and one's just like a little bit off, you know? But anyway, uh, but basically breaking down this idea, that the competition committee, uh, committee being happy with uh, how it's gone so far, like policing non-basketball moves, some of the players have had a bit of a whinge, namely Trey Young, um, a couple of other ones. Everybody else has been happy with it, so it was good to sort of see them double down on this and not let it slide under the rug and then let the rest just do what the fuck they'd usually do and renege on some of this. And now they've actually doubled down the competition committee to talk about... They've talked about the uptick in transition fouls and just sort of take fouls, which obviously in the NBL and FIBA international basketball, they've policed this out of it, right? Like with the unsportsmanlike bullshit fuck you foul, which is great in the NBA. It's been pretty endemic, I guess, over the last week and a half where people are like, oh, the guy's gotten by me foul. And it's like, this is just shit. A, it slows down the game. B, fuck off. (laughs) And uh, the competition committee is going to have a look at that, which is kind of nice. So uh, they've talked to the league office to develop a rule change that will eliminate incentives to utilize the tactic in future, which is kind of cool. Whether or not it be, you know, a tech, uh, a free throw, and the ball after a shitty foul like that, maybe, who knows. The tricky part is, in the NBL and in international basketball, sometimes it can be pretty hard to sort of judge that. But when it comes to the NBA, I don't think it's quite as hard, weirdly enough, because the NBL, the unsportsmanlike, they do sort of tread a fine line of like, ah, oh, I was actually just going for the ball. And it's like, no, nah, you were just trying to stop a fast break. In the NBA, I kind of weirdly feel like it's been easier to police because every time you've seen it so far, because everyone's so athletic, it's because someone's gotten by you that you're just like, oh, I'll grab him. And it's like, well, that was obviously not, <laughs> you know, basically going after the basketball and playing actual defense. You're taking a foul. So maybe it's interesting. Uh, Chris Middleton. Other bit of news, tested positive for the old Rona, according to Mike Bildenhoser. That kind of sucks. Uh, hopefully, Mitty's okay. Hopefully, everything around Mitty's okay. And hopefully, he'll be back soon. Scotty Bibbon! Ah, I mentioned this at the top. I had a bit of a whinge about the last dance. Again! Uh, reckons MJ just did the last dance to prove he was better than LeBron. And that they were always just there to burnish his legacy. And they all knew that. 
Which is pretty interesting because I kind of feel like Scotty Pippen has spent the last, I don't know, 18 months using The Last Dance to shit all over his own legacy and build himself up. Where it's like, well, Scotty, we were there. You were the guy asking for a trade. You were the guy shitting the fucking bed. You were the guy cracking it about Tony Kukoc. You were the guy with the fucked back, but you did get it out. He's a legend. I love Scotty Pippen. Always love watching him. But at the same time, there's got to be a limit where you just go, I've got a fucking axe to grow with MJ, and I'm just pissy about the last dance. Maybe it comes from him just being asked about it non-fucking-stop. But uh, he's certainly not helping matters by fueling the fire, right? So, Scotty Pippen, I love you, but Jesus, mate. Fucking settled down. Right, game wraps. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. Game wraps brought to you by DraftKings Australia, DraftKings.com. You go to DKNG.com, uh, .co rather, slash Australia, and you can join up, play some Daily Fantasy. I crushed some Daily Fantasy today, I'll tell you that much. Uh, either way, you go in there, you log in, you choose your players, and sit back, see how they go. I'll tell you what. If you're playing season long and you hate your team like I do, boom, Daily's the one for you. You can just redraft your team every day. It's the best. It's the easiest. It's super fun. So go to dkng.co slash Straya. You've only got a couple more days to do so, so go do that right now. And remember, have lots of fun. Daily Fantasy is awesome. All right, Millie Walker beat the pants off the Detroit Basketball Pistons, 117-89. This was a beatdown. The Bucks, even without Giroux, Chris Middleton, Lopez, Adon, Betty, Vincenzo. No hassles taking care of this very, very, very rough as guts Detroit team. Like, they were the bad boys at the moment. They're actually just the really bad boys. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is brutal. There's no cohesion about this Detroit team. And you might go, oh, well, it's a bit easy to have cohesion if you're hitting shots. It's like, yeah, but you're not hitting shots because there is no cohesion. Kay Cunningham is off to an absolute fucking brutal start to his NBA career. But, I mean, there's nobody else on that team that's really helping themselves. So, Milwaukee just curb-stomped him. Uh, the Pistons, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant had 21. Only bright spot for the Pistons. And you got to wonder, like, do they keep him around just to sort of keep it respectable? Because usually you'd be like, oh, we'll trade the guy who's good and we'll get assets. But if you do that, <laughs> how are you then going to get to 89 points? <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, Cade, uh, the number one pick, Cade Cunningham, in this year's draft, 2 of 14, went 0 of 9 from downtown. Brutal start to his NBA career. Big Deke Bait, not much better. 2 of 13 for him and 4 points. Corey Joseph, 2 of 6. Frank Jackson, 2 of 7. Josh Pacey Jackson went 0 of 4. It was just brutal. They went 32% as a team. 17% from 3. It's one of those ones where you're like, do you reckon the G League team could beat these guys at the moment? Anyway, the Bucks. Giannis had 28, 8, 9 and 4 blocks in a very limited showing. He just didn't need to play that much because that's how badly they kicked the shit out of them. He was literally out there for 27 minutes and had 28, 8, and 9. <laughs> That's unbelievable. unbelievable. Paddy Connaughton had 16. David Nwara had 16 as well. Shot 7 of 13. Fighting Bobby Portis. Fighting around the world. Had 12 and 8. And uh, they shot 50% as a team. The Bucks. good bounce back for them after a three-game losing streak. They're 4 and 4. Detroit dropped to 1 and 6. And I'll tell you what, my uh, over-under bet on Detroit feeling pretty, pretty safe. Now... An actual fascinating game. Miami went into Dallas, kicked the shit out of them, 125-110. This is a really fun game. But the Mavs just really couldn't ever reel in or slow down Miami at all. 
Like, this was actually a pretty dispiriting game for Dallas. Look, they're missing the extreme Zingamil, who missed his, what, fourth straight? The extreme Zingamil. Akshay Kleber is out for another seven to ten days as well, but the, the Mavs just feel like a fucking mess. And Chuck Barkley talked about it. this. It's like they need to get a beat down just to sort of prove that, yeah, they're going to make some fucking trades because this team is shit house. So there was four Heat players over 20 points, and they just methodically hunted down the Mavs on defense, and there was nothing they could do about it. Like, as good as Luka might be, like the other dudes are sort of just not putting themselves into positions to succeed. You've got uh, Jason Kidd as your coach. And at no point in his coaching career have you turned around and go, wow, is Jason Kidd the guy to fix this? Like, I still reckon, as we talked about at the start of this season, Jay Kidd might be one and done. And that might be the end of his head coaching career unless they turn this around. Because the Mavs shot 44% from the floor, uh, from the floor, nine turnovers, and they just were never in this game. Because that's how badly uh, they performed on D. And on offense, like, Luka was great as usual. He had 33 points, shot 10 of 24, three of nine from downtown. And just at points, was like, this team fucking sucks and is just like launching giant threes. A couple of them went in. He had five assists, three turnovers, but again, the assist numbers should have been way higher. Dudes are just missing shots. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith at eight and five. Left about, I don't know, eight points on the table, I feel like, at times. Brunson might be the best player, not named Luca on this team. He's outplaying Hardaway the lesser, that's for sure. 25 points for Jalen Brunson today. He was awesome. Hardaway the lesser had 17 points, but shot five of 15. And then you've got dudes like the French Prince, Frankie Nidalekina, four points on seven shots. Went 0 of 5 from downtown. Reggie Bullock had 10. Sterling Brown, look, they just kind of suck. And I love the Mavs. I love Luca. I want to see them succeed, but this roster is just gross. Play Josh Greenmore. Jesus. The Miami Heat, for their point, like this was the best big Budokar Larry game so far for the Heat. Yeah, 22 and 9. Absolutely crushed it. Only one turnover and just like really orchestrated this team. To the point where halfway through, you're like, God damn, how much better would he be? Well, how much better would the Mavs be if they had Kyle Lowry? Instead, obviously, he's on the heat. Here we go. Butts, 15 of 17 from the free throw line. He had 23, 6, and 6. He is crushing it. MVP leader in the clubhouse so far. Bam! Out of bio, 22 and 13. There goes my hero. Tyler Hero, 25, went 3, 6 from downtown. He was electric from the get-go, too. Absolutely no fucking bit of scaredness in his bones. Uh, Bam dominated too on the inside. There was just, like, the Mavs were like, oh, it's fine. We've got Willie Cauley Stein. It's like, yeah. And he shit. <laughs> Even Dwayne Deadman was handy yeah, at 10 and 5. Like, Deadman feels like a dude that the Mavs could, like, desperately, desperately use, you know? Uh, even Dunky Robinson chucked in a couple of threes. The Mavs, look, they're just not feeling it at the moment. They got their ass kicked. They're now 4-3 Miami. Absolutely cruising. 6-1. Utah! Just squeaked by Sacramento. 119-113. As sort of predicted on yesterday's show, uh, we had Sacramento plus 8.5. And, and this was tied all the way through. Utah could just never shake uh, the Kings at all. They're up 9 early in the 4th, but the Kings fought back. Uh, it's a couple of what, back-to-back buddy healed 3s. And the Yaz, they needed like a 10-2 run late in the 4th to get back up 7 and sort of retake control. And even then, the Kings just wouldn't fuck off. Like, Harrison Barnes knocked in a three. Diazza Fox woke up. He had, like, zero points in the first half and then just went a little bit ham in the fourth quarter. Uh, but then eventually fouled out uh, right at the end. And Buddy Hill got tossed right at the end as well. But, look, the nice thing about the Kings is that they're spirited. They'll play hard. 
But they've also got to win some of these games. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, I did love the Davion Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell battle. That was kind of fun. But for the Yaz, the way Donnie Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, this Stafford Tower just took this game over was pretty bloody impressive. Like They just literally just stopped the Kings dead in their tracks. Mitchell started hitting shots. Conley was just a fucking maestro. And Gobert was ruining them on D, and that was kind of it. Uh, the Jazz, look, some teams sleepwalk into these sorts of losses. The Jazz are just a little bit too good for that. So props where props are due. The Kings, look, Fox had 13 points, shot 4 of 15. Horrible in that first half. Nine assists, though. Finally sort of woke up. And this is kind of the big knock on Fox. It's like, can we just get like a string of just consistency from your Diazza? That's all we asked for. 23 and 6 for Bluck, Falcon, Harrison Barnes, Davian Mitchell, the rookie, 18 points. You love to see that. 19 for Buddy as well. The Yaz, Donnie Mitchell, 36 points. He was awesome. Eight rebounds, six assists, just carried them over the line. Conley was great too. He went six of nine. Nice. From three for his 30. Bojan had 20. And Rudy Gobert, this Stafford Dewey, had 12 points, 20 rebounds. <laughs> and I shall block four of your shots like they are some sort of Australian prime minister trying to lie his way out of another mess. <laughs> and Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, uh... He's going to pop up in a second. The bench went 6 of 29 and 1 of 18 from downtown combined. Gross! Jazz, jazz, jazz. What are y'all doing? Uh, Sacramento dropped to 3 and 4. Utah, 6 and 1. The Pelicans, they fought pretty hard against Phoenix. 112-100, they end up losing. No DeAndre Ayton for Phoenix. No problems when you got Frank the Tank. Uh, no Spindles Ingram again for the Pelicans. They were, again, the Pelicans. This game was drunker than I was last night doing NFL Australia. I'll tell you that much. The Pelicans came out on fire. My name is Jonas. Valentunas was dominating. The Suns couldn't hit shit. Devin Booker's in struggle town. They just couldn't get anything, like, cohesive and nice looking. But they sort of stuck with it, even though the Pelicans got up big early. And I think about halfway through the game, the squid, he predict, like he's sitting there watching it with me. He predicted the Pelicans were going to win it. But what the fuck does he know? He's only two. And bang! 19-4 run across the end of the third quarter into the fourth. Phoenix have the lead, and they smoke him from there. They, it was a 36-18 fourth quarter, and they run away with it in the end. But uh, it did take a lot to get there because the Pelicans kind of just kept fighting. It was bizarre. Like, ugh, even without Spindles Ingram, this team, like, this team is just flat-out horrible, right? Like, no Zion, no Spindles at the moment. Phoenix are kind of just toying with their food. And then realized, oh, no, we need to knuckle down. And Booker finally got some shots to drop. And that's what sort of, like, really sparked Phoenix up. But, like, Michael Bridges was doing some great stuff. And Frank the Tank really carried them through some dark times. Look, my name is Jonas Valanciunas. He had 23 and 14. Devontae Graham had 12 points on 15 shots. Ah, that's it. That's the Devontae we all know and love. Nikki Alexander-Walker went 4 of 14 for 10 points. 16 and 9 for Josh. ha <laughs> ha but nothing off the bench. This Pelicans team is a fucking rabble. They went 9-30 combined, 4-14 from downtown. They stink. They stink. Uh, for the Suns, Booker, look, ends up with 18 points, shot 7-20, and you can see the relief on his face late where he's like, thank fuck some of these are going in. CP3 had 14 points, 18 assists. This was a masterclass. You can hear about it probably on Knowable. Uh, 22 for Michael Bridges. He was really good. But Frank the Tank, I mentioned that, 17 points. He crushed it. And I'll tell you what, the Suns, they're very slowly realizing they've made a huge mistake by giving Landry Sham, wow, Shamit, all that money. It's like, oh, can we play Landry against the Pelicans? And he's like, 
I got it, fellas, and then goes out and was absolutely fucking atrocious. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Is there a reason that no one's actually been able to, like, you know, hold on to him or want to hold on to him? He had 13 minutes. He went 0 of 2 from the floor and did fuck all else. Anyway. Uh, what else? That's it. Pelicans. They're now 1 and 7. Good luck digging out of that hole in the West this year. And the uh, Phoenix Suns, 3 and 3. They needed that. Good on them. Lastly, the Houston Rockets nearly just absolutely wildly upset the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California. Lakers hold on to win at 117-119 despite the refs trying to fuck them at the end. But this was crazy because the Rockets were like mostly in control for large sways of this game. Like it took the Lakers sort of really knuckling down and sort of jumping in the fourth. Like they did the old wake up Let's get up 10 and we'll be fine. And that's exactly what happened. LeBron literally had to take this game over and score bucket after bucket because Houston were just there with them for so much of it. It was crazy. Like, Houston were up 10 in the third quarter. And you're like, oh, shit. Is this going to be like a massive boil over? And eventually the Lakers sort of pegged it back, pegged it back, pegged it back. LeBron's like doing these moves where he's like down the left block or on the right block doing the old spin and layup and or just this sort of little step back you know the little dirk one legged fadeaway you've got i don't know just weird moments where they turn around they're like oh well, we've got this now we're gonna be fine we're up like 10 and then they just shit the bed christian wood just dunking on everybody kent bazemore is just doing dumb shit and christian wood suddenly hits threes jalen green hits a couple of threes and then the end they lose a Kemp Bazemore pair of free throws made because the refs fucked up, which is hilarious. The refs took away two points three possessions later because they'd fucked up and had Blaze Gay shooting free throws when they weren't in the penalty yet, the Rockets. What the other bumfuck was that? And it's weird because it's just a strange situation. What do you do there? It's like, oh, well, we fucked up. It's like, well, guess what? You now have to live with the consequences, refs. You fucked up. Just because think about this. If you're the Lakers, you're playing like the rest of this game out pretty differently if it's like a one possession game or a two or three possession game. And that's exactly what happened. It sort of brought the deficit all the way back down. Luckily, LeBron hit a three on like the next Lakers possession. But still, the Lakers still nearly lost this right at the end because having just wiped out two points out of nowhere, like it doesn't change the fact that LeBron then hit a three after that and all that sort of stuff, you know? They were just down the two points they had, and a possession was just gone. It was fucking dumb. Either way, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. goes up for the last second three that would have actually stolen this game and won it, but it hits the back iron, and uh, the refs are dumb as fuck, but luckily for them, the Lakers win. Either way, they should probably still get fined, and I do have a feeling that that'll happen. So, The great LA escape. Absolutely crazy. The Rockets, Christian Wood, what ScoMo's got for making a cock of himself on the international stage. 26 points, 16 rebounds, shot 11 of 19. He was absolutely amazing. 24 for Jalen Green. He's going to pop up again in a second. KPJ had 11 points, 8 assists, 4 steals. He shot 5 of 14. Thanks for coming, Kevin. 1 of 6 from downtown. Kenny Martin Jr. had 14 and 4. Tell you what, Dante Exum should be on this Rockets team. He really should. God damn it. The Lakers, LeBron James had 30 points, 10 assists. He was awesome. What a great LeBron game that was. Rusty Westbrook, yeah, 27, 9, and 7. AD had 27, 9, and 3. It's one of those things where the Lakers were like, the big three arrived. It's like you were playing the Rockets and barely beat them. This team sucks. 
Um, but this is also the second sort of game where I think they've played AD at the five and just told him to suck it up. Uh, Mello chucked in 15. He shot six of nine. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Houston a one and six. The Lakers are five and three. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. That's not a knife. That's a knife. LeBron James. That takeover late was amazing. And it's like really fun just to see LeBron go, right, fuck off. I'm going to win this. And did. At least kept them ahead, which is kind of nice. And the fact that you're going, oh, yeah, it's only year 19. This is insane. Uh, but the 30 points, 10 assists, 13 to 21 from the floor, two or four from downtown, a couple of steals. Did a little bit of everything. That was awesome. But I also want to give uh, some love to Donovan Mitchell. He was massive with that 36 for the Yaz. 5 or 12 from deep, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and Mike Conley. Their backcourt combined for 66. That was awesome. Like, they were fucking amazing. And they needed every little bit of that, did the Yaz against the Kings. Conley going 6 or 9. Nice. From 3 was also one of those games where you're like, oh, yeah. If Conley's healthy and Donnie Mitchell's healthy... The Jazz are pretty fucking good. The problem is it just doesn't seem to happen that often. So kind of nice that Conley's firing. Mitchell's firing. They were awesome today. Donnie Mitchell just went, nah, I'm going to fuck around drop 36 on your head. That was unreal. Good job, all of yous. Who was Spud of the Night, though? Spud, 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 the night, Cade Cunningham. I mean, ugh. Uh, no number one pick has been as bad across their first two NBA games. Not ideal. 0 of 9 from 3. 2 of 14 overall in this game today. But it's his second game. Settle down. He'll be right. And we don't tend to uh, shit on the uh, rookies in Spud of the Night, etc. His teammate, however, Big Deke Bay. 4 points and 2 of 13. Shit, what are you doing, Sadiq? 2 of 13, 0 of 4 from downtown, a team worst minus 25 in the old plus minus in a game where everybody get their ass handed to them. You were the worst. Unbelievable. But of course, this was all actually topped off by Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, who stole the Sixth Man of the Year award last year from our jingling Joe Ingles. 23 minutes today from Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. Goes 1 of 13 from the floor. And an absolutely jaw-dropping 0 of 11 from 3. He had 2 points and a turnover and that's it. Nearly equaled history of going 0 of 12 from downtown. That was uh, would have equaled Justin Anderson, Eric Gordon and Brooke Lopez. That's uh, their territories. But the 0 of 11, that combines with his 0 of 7 last time around. So last two games he's gone 0 of 18 from downtown. Jesus. So Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, spot of the night. Scotty Pippen, what do you reckon? Is he going to be old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? This was a really, really tough one because not not much tipping Scotty Pippen. I mean, just a brutal sort of sequence where the last dance comes out. And he seems pretty happy to start off with. Then it gets more and more obvious that he's going to get more and more thrown under the bus <laughs> by MJ and the doco crew. And he gets more and more salty. And then, you know, he comes out, he's got his book, and he shits on MJ a bunch, sells a bunch of books. And he's got like a, what, a fucking tequila or a vodka or some sort of 
Uh, amazing, awesome. That's a bourbon. That's right. He's got a bourbon. And he sells a bunch of that. And he just keeps on going. It's like, Scotty, we get it. Your wife also, like, you know, well, ex-wife was just, you know, there's some fuckingness going on there. It's definitely some old mate, no mate's territory. He's like, I just kind of want to give him a hug. It's like, Scotty, we love you. You don't have to keep doing this. <laughs> it's going to be fine, mate. Uh, Cade Cunningham, obviously, just getting dragged. I think eight points, as mentioned, is like the lowest t- point total by number one pick through two games ever since Anthony Bennett, which if you're hitting Anthony Bennett territories, oh, geez. But Cade Cunningham, he's a gun. He's going to be fine. Uh, but definitely, there's just a lot of slander out there about Kate Cunningham. And when you throw up stats like that, you're like, that's just, ah, oh, that's a bit tough. Kate Cunningham as well. I mean, he's out here in his first couple of games getting absolutely fucking towed by, what, Milwaukee. And, I mean, when you're out there playing with Beef Stew, who can't hit a fucking shot as well, it's a bit tough. The big problem was, in that debut against Orlando, you find your feet, you have a bit of a rough shooting night. It just so happens that he backed it up again. Oh, tough scenes. That's definitely some old mate, no mate territories. Pansing of the night, though. Oh, Giannis just fucking sliced and diced up some beef stew, didn't he, with that spin and dunk all over uh, Isaiah Stewart. Absolute ouch scenes. Just put him in the blender. You know, faked him out, crossed him over, went around him, spin moved, dunked on him. Beef stew in the pot. Uh, better than Lonzo Ball. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Jalen Green, hot damn, fellow number two pick. Uh, 24 points today, 9 of 15 against the Lakers, 5 of 10 from downtown, 5 assists. There's 7 turnovers, not ideal. But still, I love the fact that he basically got them back into this game right at the death by just nailing a couple of threes that were fucking kissing fingers emoji. But he also had sort of like, you know, been off his game up until that point. The fact is, he was out there going, no, nah, I'm still going to attack. I'm still going to have a crack. That was awesome. Jalen Green lit it up and, yeah, play, basically played one of the nicer games you'll see him drop because up until now, like, he had been really, really struggling over the last two, three games. And in terms of, like, really in terms of efficiency against... The Lakers in their first game against them, he went 2 of 8. The game before that against the Yaz, he was 3 of 16. Against Dallas before that, he was 4 of 16. So, tough scene. So, now he's got a 30-point game to his name against Boston, which was off the chain. Now 24. That's kind of what we expect from him. And it's going to be like this all season, I reckon. A lot of hit-and-miss vibes from Jalen Green. And, I mean, it's Houston. Who gives a fuck? But still, bit of an interesting one. I thought there'd be a little bit more consistency to his game. Uh, but, I mean, it's two weeks in. He'll find his pace, and I reckon he'll be fine and run away with Rookie of the Year. But, you know, still prayers up. Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley. A lot of good rookies. All right, let's do uh, some yeah nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right. Let's do some yeah, nahs. They're brought to you by the dailylicker.com from East Night Throwing. If you're in Melbourne, 
I keep saying it. If you go anywhere in the next two months without a slab on your shoulder or a couple of bottles of wine under your arms, what are you doing? Ship bloke territories. Go to the online bottle Don't risk trying to get some of that Rona that's still out there by going to an A bottle Bring the bottle to you with the dailyliquor.com. They'll drop it off at your door, Rona free. And if you're banging the code straight out, you get a free six-pack of the amazing Dos Blocos XPA. Knocked over a bunch of them last night recording NFL Australia. Tell you that much. Uh, but either way, there's something there for everything. Wines, cocktails, all the amazing beers they've got. Go check out thedailyliquor.com. Bang in that code Strayer. Get a free sixer if you're, uh, you know, keen on that with the code Strayer. Beautiful. So it's for the Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery before noon. Smash it right now. Right, so yeah, Nas, on top of uh, Dylan Kernahan's one yesterday about Zinger for Simmons, the more of the sort of let it sit, I kind of love it for Dallas, doesn't it? Because A... If nothing else, if you're getting a dude who just tends to stay fucking healthy, that's good. But B, like, regardless of whether or not he can shoot, it just gives Dallas what they need, like an absolute fucking defensive menace who can guard one through four out there next to Luka. It's one of those things they just can't deal with right now, that burst of, you know, extreme athleticism as well. I think it could be a really good one. And for Philly, I just still don't know how, like, much you'd want to sort of be like, oh, this seems like a good idea. I mean, unless you're getting Josh Green in the deal. <laughs> but, like, at least you get a do-over on taking Jalil Okafor instead of Zinger back in, what, 2015 draft. And you can just see how Embiid and he play next to each other, and if not, move on. But, Jesus, I kind of like it more and more. Let's see what happens. The weird thing is, the way I've talked about it as well, it's like one of those things that would never happen, but then it could just happen because Dallas could just go, fuck it, and throw whatever Daryl Morey wants at Philly. And suddenly it's actually happened. Anyway. Also, I don't think we talk about that 2015 draft class enough. Because it's shit. <laughs> it's like Carl Anthony Towns and Booker. And then, like, Zinger, D'Lo, Miles Turner, Norm Powell, second round pick. Rashawn Holmes, second round pick. Larry Nance Jr. Montrez, a second round pick. Josh Richardson, a second round pick. Terry Rousey. Dellen Wright. I mean, campaign. Frank the Tank, Willie Cauley-Stein, Kelly Oubre, Bobby Portis, Tyus Jones, Kevin Looney. It's a shit show. What a horrible draft that was. Anyway, gross. Uh, Scotty Baxter asked Jimmy, CP3 still a top five point guard, right? Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, easy. You saw it today. Orchestrated that come from behind. Well, that, you know, solidi- come, from, come back and then the actual win. I mean, it's got to be like Steph, Dame, him, Harden, like, if you want to call Luca a point guard, go away. You know, go ahead. I'm I'm fine with that. Big booty Kyle Lowry. You saw him and his effectiveness today. But maybe Ja Morant. Like, that's one of those things where you're like, ooh, the more you sort of start digging into it, you're like, hang on a second. There's actually a bunch of really good point guards. But, yeah, CP3 is very clearly still top five. Um, it's where you sort of think about the weird dudes like LaMelo, Luca, even Joker. <laughs> like that. Trey Young, like, it's a pretty loaded position. Drew Holiday. But yeah, CP3 is definitely top three, top four, and uh, very clearly top five. And that's without sort of getting into, you know, like the Darren Foxes of the world and shit like that. So I kind of love it. Good on him. SGA. So yeah, Scotty Baxter, CP3 is still top five point guard, as long as he stays healthy. And I think we may have all sort of overlooked the simple fact that he's gone to Phoenix. Because remember, for basically 20 years, if you'd had injury problems or like a checkered injury history in the NBA, 
You went to Phoenix and their training staff had sort you the fuck out. And that's exactly what CP3's done. So hopefully he stays like that. Brad McKeegan asked, Jimmy, yeah, nah, should Dante be hitting up teams with heaps of rookies and talking them into sending one to the Southeast Melbourne Magic Phoenix as a next star to help them get more game time and also sneakily free up a roster spot in the NBA for himself. It might be too late now, but a team could do a draft and stash like Golden State did and leave the spot on the uh, roster for Dante. I'll still be able to bring the next star back at any time. I love this. This is very duplicitous, and I'm on board with it. Duplicitous. There you go. Use your words, Jimmy. Uh, Dante has an own... Like, how he and John Wall aren't somehow, like, you know, behind this nefarious scheme to get Dante a spot is fucking crazy. Because, I mean, you look through some of these horrible rosters, like the Pelicans, like Detroit, even Cleveland. The fact that Cleveland were like, nah, we're good. We'll package him off to... uh, he can go down to Houston as part of the uh, Harden deal, and we don't need him. It's fucking wild, right? Like, there are so The Pelicans, you can't tell me that Nicky Alexander-Walker wouldn't benefit from having Dante behind him at some point, so it kills me. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. All right, let's rank us some jerseys. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Let's rank these City Edition jerseys, shall we? We'll start from the bottom, number 30. AKA the Dog Ate My Homework Editions. OKC are at 30 and New Orleans are at 29 because basically the NOLA ones are about, a, they put as, about as much effort into this as their team has all season, which is to say fuck all because it's basically what they've already got. And OKC go, God, well, we'll just take one of our existing ones and make it all white. It's like that sounds about white, OKC, you idiots. Uh, but they're trash. The Hawks yellow jersey comes in at number 28. Folks might be going, but Jimmy bro, those ones are sick. I love a good Hawks big uh, hawk across the chest. I'll tell you what, that hawk is not big enough. And I don't tend to mind the yellow, but it's just not a good jersey. Like the number being right up the top in like the top left you know, corner pocket just stinks. I love a Hawk across a jersey for the Hawks, but that is just a shitty jersey. They're 28. 27, Miami. How the mighty have fallen. The Ransom Note edition. It's like, oh, but it's really, it's a nod to our past, and it's like got all the lettering from our logos over the years. Yeah, but it still looks like shit. I mean, what the fuck is that? Like, Oh, man, it's a bit funky. It's like all different letters. It's like, nah, that sucks. Fuck you. Uh, Number 26, Orlando. I'm here for the pinstripes. I'm not here for, like, the orange. Fucking settle down with the orange and the grey. You idiots. Orlando. Oh, but, but, like, Orlando and, like, Florida, lots of oranges. Shut up. That's dumb. That's fucked. It's a shit jersey. Uh, Number 25, Memphis. Look, this one kind of, it's just a very sure kind of jersey, right? Like, fine. There's kind of nice little accents and stuff. Like, there's the the grizzly swipes across the little M, well, across the Memphis thing. The problem is, like, the actual Memphis itself is very small, and the accents around, like, the trimming and shit look pretty gnarly, but there's just nothing going on. So it's wildly boring, Memphis. What are you doing there, 25? 24, Boston. The yawn-worthy kind of, oh, but the, the the Celtics sort of pops off. It's like 3D. It's like a throwback and also future. Nah, looks shit. 
24 through 23, the Cavs with the uh, old-timey Cavalier logo. I kind of like the idea. Again, too small. Like, if you're going to go big, go fucking big. That just looks shit. I don't mind the color. Like, the sort of, you know, what is it? The sort of maroony uh, kind of light maroon-ish rose. What is it? Rose wine kind of vibes is what they always had. It does feel very much like the Hickory High ones, like of uh, Indiana, though. So it's kind of just not nice. I don't mind. I love that logo, but I feel like you could have done much more with it. Uh, 22, the Red Pistons jersey, which is, sure, good. Talk about fucking the dog eating your homework editions as well. Oh, but it's got a bit of teal in it, man. Like how, like where we used to have teal. Yeah, in the world's tiniest little bit of fucking stripe. Idiots. Uh, other ones that they just kept, basically Utah and Phoenix are at 20 and 21 because they're just the same as last year. They shouldn't count. I don't know how they can get away with just like, oh, well, we're not going to design, like, oh, we've got different shorts. It's like, come on, you can do better than this, both Utah and Phoenix, because those ones are good, like the Valley, the striated colors. I'm here for it, but geez, lazy. The Hornets, usually a winner. I love Teal. You might hear a bit more about that, but it's just, you've got pinstripes, you've got the, uh, what is it, the honeycomb, and you've got the sort of Charlotte cursive. It's almost too many aspects of it sort of rolled into one. It's weird because they always have like basically, anytime they do their throwbacks, whether it be the teal or the white, always looks great. This just leaves me cold. Denver at 18, uh, their weird one with the, Kind of nice sidebars of all the colors, which is kind of neat. And then the throwback logo. It's good, but it's just, it's also pretty boring, to be honest. And I don't want to say that about Denver because I tend to love their uniforms, but this one's just a little bit of a miss for me. It's not that bad. It still comes at 18. 17, I've got the Golden State, which is like the uh, the city one, basically, but it's black. Kind of looks a bit gnarly with the, uh, the lightning bits coming in from the end. You know, a bit of Splash Brothery kind of vibes. But again... It's not going to blow you away. It looks like a much more, a much nicer one to wear and to buy than it will on the court. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 16, the Bucks with the... I kind of like this because they did just enough purple to make me happy. Because it's basically their current Bucks jersey, but they've added purple. And I'm fine with that because the purple looks sick and the Bucks should be much more leaning towards that. Number 15, right in the middle, Rip City. The Portland Trailblazers with the Rip City Blazers uh, jersey. They've got the Jack Ramsey played paneling down the side, so that looks pretty good. I don't mind that. Happily 15th for them. 14, the Mavs. This was a... I was a bit surprised when I shook out all these rankings because I actually don't mind the throwback white, green, and a little bit of blue with the cowboy hat on the Mavericks one. It's pretty good. But then you sort of look at it a bit more and you're like, yeah, but I'm not going to buy it. (laughs) It does beat the shit out of their horrible fucking... um, Blue row ones, though. I'll tell you that much. Number 13, Brooklyn with the giant big blue and red nets. Uh, very Drazen Petrovic kind of vibes. I love it. They look good. That's why it's 13. 12, the Lakers purple with a bit of the outline of the blue. It's very pretty, like, simple. And it's a throwback to their very nice Minneapolis blue ones that they uh, have as an alternate already. But maybe I'm just a sucker for purple. Like, it looks pretty good. So good job, Lakers. Kind of proud of you with that one. Sacramento at 11 with the black and, again, purple. But this looks very much like their old-timey uh, Sacramento ones from, like, the 2000s, etc., early 2000s, with the Sacktown on it. Looks pretty good. I like it. It's neat. It's kind of badass. Good job, Sacramento. 
Number 10, I've got the Sixers with their sort of throwback Spectrum 70s lettering and then the colours, the colour bars down the side. I had this much lower initially and then I sort of looked at it more and more and more. I'm like, I actually kind of like that. Like the lettering looks pretty gnarly. The colour is pretty cool. So it comes in at number 10. Number 9, the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City with the black and orange. I love it. But Jimmy, you hated the orange when it comes to Orlando. Yeah. But this Knicks one look fucking sick because it's A, it's a different kind of orange. And also, it looks like it's Larry Johnson, Patrick Ewing, fucking 90s era Knicks shit. And I love that. That looks awesome. Good job, Knicks. Here at nine. Eight, the Clippers, the baby blue. This is like their second best basically ever behind the Los Santos, Los Angeles Clippers uh, one. This is like the Buffalo, like Brave sort of, you know, beautiful baby blue with the orange trim. How is that not just their uniform? What are you doing, Clippers? That's incredible. It's beautiful. It's like the really throwback to when they first were on San Diego as well. That's really good. Number seven, Washington. This is another throwback as well. This looks great. It looks like Wes Unsell is going to pop it on and beat your ass. Uh, love Wes Unsell. And, uh, but that's actually a really nice jersey too, just the big two red bars across it. Number six, we've got the Wolves with the KG Spreewell. Awesome throwback. I've already got one of the Spreewell ones of those. This is uh, slightly different with the paneling down the side, but yeah, very much like that fun late 90s, early 1000s Wolves. It looks sick. I love that one. Five. This is one of the weird ones. The Raptors. They've sort of thrown all of their designs into one. They've got like the uh, the pinstripes. They've got the Raptor, but it's also in the Ovo gold and black coloring. The more I've looked at it, the more I've gone, that's fucking cool. <laughs> I love it. Number four, one of the more beautiful ones on this list, the Chicago Bulls. Number four, it is just, it's slick, it's simple, and it's fucking beautiful with like just the little cursive Chicago across the top. Might be a little bit high, but it looks great. And then the white little panel down the side, they've nailed that one. I love that jersey. Number three, the Houston Rockets. Finally, Houston have actually got a nice looking one. They've gone back to the awesome mid-90s pinstripes. So the blue, the white, and the orange, it looks great. Houston, you've done right. I might hate the frittata, but god damn, that's a good jersey. That leaves us two left. What do we got? Oh, it's a couple of old ABA teams. A couple of small markets. Number two, the Indiana Pacers. I fucking love, love these jerseys. The giant cut of yellow across the uh, blue with the white intersection. It just looks sick. Throwback vibes. It's like retro vintage all at once. I love it. That is a great jersey, but it cannot top what's coming in at number one here. It's the Spurs. Teal, baby. Teal me up. Get the teal. The numbers being teal, the orange, the uh, red, but the white main sort of uh, color, or, you know, lack of color, however you want to do it. Absolutely amazing. The Spurs Fiesta jerseys have been an absolute fucking triumph. And this looks incredible. So can't wait to see the Rock'em, Sock'em, Jock'em, Landau version. I'm going to buy the shit out of that. Great job. So there you go. That's 30 to 1 of the uh, City Edition jerseys ranked. Go out and buy appropriately. (laughs) I know I will. Those Clippers ones are beautiful. I'll tell you that much. But uh, Spurs, Pacers, Rockets, top three for me. Chicago, Raptors, 4-5, Wolves, 6, Washington, 7, Clippers, 8. Oh, that tough-ass Knicks one at 9 and the Sixers at 10. So... Good stuff. All right, quick uh, Outback Takehouse. 
It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. I don't know. West Sydney Razorback Ribs, let's call them that. We've just got Derek Rucker out there on the barbie just cooking ribs, so West Sydney Razorback Ribs, why the fuck not? Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill Take is Adam Silver's actually out there trying to fuck over the Lakers at the moment to give the regular season a bit of spice and some more meaning and to get a really angry LeBron James absolutely fired up. Only... I have no idea what the fuck those refs were doing today, but it was hilarious. All right, uh, take a quick break. Be back with Australian Blue Watch right after this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, right. Knowable. What a Chris Paul, Scott Kelly, and Alexis Ahanian in common. They're all very smart, and they're on Knowable, which is a new app where the world's top experts teach new skills in bite-sized audio courses like Spotify for learning stuff. Oh, I love it. There's, uh, what, lessons about space for Scott Kelly. Chris Paul talks about the plant-based lifestyle, and Alexis Ahanian teaches you how to launch a startup. And there's over 100 other experts waiting to teach you something new. So if you want to learn some new stuff, download the Knowable app from your app store and bang in the code STRAYER and get 20% off, and you'll get smarter every day just by listening to it. It's great. It's like how-to guides for just life shit. So go check it out. All right, Australian Player Watch. Today, Jingling Joe Ingles and that win over Sacramento. Had a bit of a rough night shooting. It went one of four, all of which were from three. Ends up with three points. Did have two rebounds and four assists, and uh, Buddy Hill did nail a late three over the top of him that... uh. Made it a bit dicey, but otherwise, Jingles was good. And the only other Aussie in action today was Josh Green. Uh, got out there for four minutes, running around as the uh, Mavs got their ass kicked. Did get out there early and then got back out there again late. 0 of 1 from the floor, though. Oh, what's that? Zero points then? One rebound. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, I just love Josh Green to show us, you know, a couple of little extra things here and there in these very, very small minutes, but fuck, that's hard, isn't it? All right. Let's do a great moment in NBA Australia stat history because. It's Wednesday. That's what we do. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. All right, so LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills playing together for ages uh, got me thinking the other day. It's like, what was Patty's first Spurs year back in 2012? How'd he go? And uh, you're like, yeah, the first couple of games, it was like Cade Cunningham territories of Struggle Town. And I don't know why I didn't think about, like, you know, looking back at the Blazers because I knew, you know, a bit of a slow start. But, you know, by the time Paddy gets to the Spurs, he's pretty bloody good. He's already had his stint back over in China and with the Tigers, etc. Comes over the Spurs and bang! How good is this? Back in 2012, his third game, just after he got picked up by the Spurs and co, dropped a lazy 20 points in 19 minutes against the Cavs. He went 8 of 11 from the floor and three of five from downtown, and absolutely fucking lit up Kyrie Irving uh, for his 20. Two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Of course, this was the post-LeBron Kyrie, Tristan Thompson, Antoine Jamison still looking around going, what the fuck am I still doing here? Wreckage of a roster, uh, Cavs. But hey, man, like third game for the Spurs. Paddy never looked back from that moment as well. So, kind of nice. I just wanted to have a Paddy Mills one here as well because it's always a bit tough. Um... And, of course, there was a bit of a great moment in NBA Australia State history that in terms of, like, uh, having, you know, a struggle as a number one pick as you kick off your NBA career, 
I did want to look at the Simo one, but I just don't want to give him too much fucking credit at the moment. But he did start off with a bang. I mean, in his very first fucking NBA game, Simo had 18, 10, and 5. He shot 7 of 14. He went 4 of 6 from the free throw line. You reckon he wouldn't give his fucking arm and a leg to do that right now? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so there's a couple of great moments in NBA Australia stat history for you. Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. This is Jock Landau's Instagram story. He's just a nice... The last one was just a nice shot of him dunking for his... Uh, I believe it was his first NBA field goal. So, no comment. Just a picture presented by Jock, and I fucking love that. So, good on you, Jock. Crushing it. Game previews! Game previews! Game previews! Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah. I mean... Rained all day today in Melbourne, so me and the squid just sat there and watched a shit ton of basketball. He played with his uh, blocks and his toys and his Duplo and shit. Got his picks wrong. <laughs> Dad, the Pelicans are going to win. No, they're not, buddy. Uh, right. Game previews. Let's do it. Today we went 3 of 5. Not bloody bad. We're going 58 of 99 for the season, so still cruising along. All right, 11 games tomorrow. That's a big slate. Oh, tomorrow's show is going to be so fucking late. <laughs> Portland. Three and a half point favorites. Oh, geez, in Cleveland. Cleveland. That's a tough one. Um, this is a backcourt slugfest, isn't it? Darius Garland and uh, Colin the Sex Man Sexton up against Dame. CJ, I think Dame goes off, and I think Portland win this one handily. I'm going Portland minus three and a half. The Knicks go to Indy for the Spike Bowl, the Reggie and Spike Bowl. The Knicks versus the uh, Pacers. The Knicks are somehow two and a half point underdogs here. I'm taking the Knicks. They're a much better team than Indy so far this season. I don't know why they're underdogs, but here we are. Boston, they go to Orlando. They're six and a half point favorites. I'm going to take Boston there. I think they have a big bounce back game and kick the shit out of Orlando. Um, Marcus Smart will be on point. A bit more focused, you'd hope. I think Tatum just has an absolute fucking laugher against this Orlando D, so give me Boston minus six and a half. Chicago, a one and a half point underdogs in Philly. Philly, with doubts surrounding Joel Embiid and how sore his knee is, I know that he loves to go against Vooch, but at the same time, they're going to be without Tobias Harris. They'll probably be without Danny Green. Obviously, no Ben Simmons. And Chicago are telling it, so I'm going to Chicago plus one and a half. Toronto go to Washington for yet another matchup of the Raptors versus the Haw- uh, Raptors versus the Wiz, because apparently those guys just can't get enough of each other. I mean, what, the Wiz? They've already played twice, haven't they? Yeah, they opened the season against them, and now they're playing them again. So here we go. Uh, I'm going the Raptors. They've turned it around a little bit. They feel a bit more cohesive than they did. The Wiz, they are good. I broke it down yesterday. I'm going the Raps plus three and a half. Getting points against Washington that might just not show up for one of these. I kind of like Toronto a little bit more. The Brooklyn Nets, five and a half point favorites against Atlanta at home. I'm going to go the Nets. I think there's a uh, interesting matchup. I think from the Atlanta side where they've got Capella, they've got John Collins, they've got DeAndre Hanna. You feel like they do have a lot of weapons to throw at Brooklyn. I just feel like Brooklyn are sort of due for one of those games where they drop 140 no matter what. Uh, And against Atlanta's D, I think that might happen. So I might take the Nets minus five and a half. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, it goes the other way though. Memphis, they host... I'm definitely not betting that one. Never trust Atlanta, never trust Brooklyn. Memphis host Denver. Speaking of teams that have, uh, you know, feel like there's a lot of familiarity already. It's a bit strange, but whatever. They did play 
just the other day. Uh, so this is the second straight game in Memphis for the Nugs. And they won, They lost the last one. I kind of reckon Memphis can win 2-1 on the trot as well against them. So give me the Grizz minus 1.5. I think there's a big jar game. Triple J gets going. Denver just looking a little bit shaky at the moment. So give me Memphis. Clippers, they go to Minnesota. Clippers are half-point underdogs. So basically this is who do you think is going to win? I just don't like Minnesota at the moment, but Minnesota losing D'Lo, I think it's one of those ones where you go addition by subtraction. So I'm going to go Minnesota minus 0.5 and uh, get them to win. San Antonio hosts Dallas. This is a fascinating litmus test for Dallas, isn't it? After shitting the bed at home against Miami, they go down the road to San Antonio where they're one and a half point favorites on the road. I'm going to go San Antonio. I think they want it more. Charlotte go to Golden State. They're six and a half point underdogs. I'm going to go Charlotte. I think they can keep this close. They might not win it. But uh, you know that Steph loves playing against Charlotte. and uh, He'll light it up. But I think Charlotte will keep it close. They've just got too many weapons. So, And then finally, Sacramento and New Orleans, both on back-to-back. Sacramento, five and a half point favorites. Give me the Kings. Because the Pelicans fucking suck, no matter what the kid says. All right, that's it for today. All right, thanks for bearing with us. This is just being, you know, the fucking week from hell with the, uh, you know, last week, full week of ISO for the squid after he's fucking, you know, at childcare. There's a positive case. He has to ISO for two weeks. Bit of a rough one. But uh, so tomorrow's show might be a bit late as well. But, like, bear with us, would you? Come on. While you're doing it, buy a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, uh, follow NBA Australia on Twitter, Facebook, IG. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with uh, myself and Gaz. That would have popped up overnight. Got pretty hose last night. Jesus. A lot of beers. Glass of wine at the end. What the fuck, man? Anyway, Adam with World Wrestling Australia. This one's a cracker this week. Uh, Toxic Attraction wins all the women's championships in one night. He's talking about the NXT Halloween Havoc results. It's always a good one with Adam. So go check out World Wrestling Australia on YouTube or follow FWCIE on Twitter. And check out NBAAustralia.com slash shop. As mentioned, buy some merch, get a hoodie, buy some T-shirts. I want to clear that out by Christmas. Come on. Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app. Come on. I don't ask for much. Do that. Manscaped.com. Go get yourself a lawnmower 4.0 and look after your family jewels the way they need to be looked after. Use the code Strayer and you get 20% off. TheDailyLiquor.com. Get a free six and when you're banging that code Strayer and Noble. 20% off with the code Strayer. Get smarter with us. Big thanks to go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. Their album running out of time is out now. A big thanks also go to Joshua Delarantes, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, and remember, NBA Australia Sports Australian Band, so should you! And we're going to close out today's show with a very quick Greenies Green Thumb with Josh Greeny Green, tips for a greener living. Green. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen. G'day, this is Josh Green, and uh, this is Greeny's Tips for Greeny Living with Josh Greeny Green. I'm just out here looking at the garden, and look, all my big tip is for this week is, is to remember to water your garden. It might not sound like much, but geez, we can sometimes forget about how to water your garden and how much you should and when you shouldn't. 
Here's my tip. All you need to do is put the tip of your finger in the soil next to where your plants are. Just see if it's moist or not. If it is, it might be all right. And if it's not, then give it a bloody water. What are you doing? So there you go. Oh, I love it. How's the serenity? Oh, this is beautiful. Fucking love being outdoors. Oh, I love water in my garden. I love it. It's the best. Oh, yeah. Get all that water on you, you bastard. Anyway. All right. That's it for this week. This has been Greenie's Tip for Greenie Living with Josh Greenie Green.